Ford or Chevy? Nissan or Toyota? Ram or Honda? <laughs> Honda's not even a real truck. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Brandy. We are full-time husband and wife, part-time RVers. Sharing RV tips, tricks, and our adventures along the way. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Cramming Memories. Today we're going to talk about how to pick a truck or how I kind of picked a truck. I picked the pretty ones. Yep. Brandy picks the pretty ones. And uh, just, you know, gas versus diesel, 1500 versus others, brand loyalty, new versus used, extended warranties. We're going to cram a lot of stuff, so we're going to kind of blast through it on some of the considerations whenever you're picking a truck to tow your camper with. You might need to put it in slow-mo. Normally, you have to put me at 1.5 speed because I talk slow, so you may have to slow me down so you can make this information last. Anyway, let me gather my notes, gather my thoughts, then we'll be right back. I bet you think I'm going to talk about what brand truck to buy. Um, you kind of like a certain brand. Well, I've liked different brands throughout the years. Oh, I, yeah. I even worked on one brand for a long time. Right. And you were pretty loyal to that brand. I was. But we're not going to talk about that just yet because I don't think that's the most important choice whenever you purchase a truck to tow a trailer. Not anymore. I think the most important choice that you can make right up top is gas versus diesel. Well, you still have to put something in the tank. That is true. But that is that is a very hot topic. And people um, people are almost as loyal to diesels or gassers as they are to Ford or Chevy. Hmm. So here are some of my reasons why I actually went with a gasser. Is that how you say that? Over a diesel. That's that's the way the cool guys say it. A gasser? The gasser. So that's, that's the way weird. guys that are in the know. Oh, well, so, apparently I'm not. That's yeah, okay. Next time you're shopping for a truck or talking with a, you know, a group of guys and, you know, and they're talking about, hey, do you have a diesel? And you'd be like, well, I don't know. Well, no. Do you have a gasser? Well, I guess I do. You'll be on the end. That's right. So right up top, one of the major differences in gas trucks versus diesel trucks is the cost. Diesels are more expensive. The sticker price? Yeah, the actual MSRP. Um, even if you're buying used, you have to go many, many more years old and many, many more miles to get a cost of a diesel down to the price of a gas truck. Usually right up top, whenever you're talking about 1500 which there, there's a lot of brand new diesel 1500s out there. And if I wouldn't have bought my truck about two years ago, I may would really be looking at a 1500 diesel. But Right off the top, you're going to spend between five and $9,000 more to buy a diesel. That's a new. lot. Yeah. It's a little bit less as they get used, but most diesels, if you're going to buy them used, they're going to have a little higher mileage because if people buy diesels, they generally use them to tow long distances or they drive them a lot, right? But right up front is the cost. Are you willing to pay more up front for a diesel over a gas? The second consideration is fuel cost. 
Oh, now, I see that at the gas tanks. Yeah, diesel is generally more expensive. Yes. And now you have to worry about death fluid, too. You have to put death fluid in since about 2012 or 13. So older um, diesels, you don't have to put it in? Mm-mm. Huh. No, this is a pretty new emission standard. Um, it has a little secondary tank called diesel emissions fluid. And you have to fill that up. And it, it varies depending on how you drive the truck, how much that you burn through. But it is a cost that you're going to have if you have a diesel. And if you start running out of death fluid, the truck will go into a low power mode. And if you keep driving it without death fluid, it will go into an idle mode. Well, that doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. So you have to have it. There are some things they call a delete and a, and a reprogram. In a lot of states, that would not be legal. And if you go to sell it out of your state, even if you don't have emission standards, you could have some problems with it because you basically take all, all the federal emission stuff off and you reprogram it. But a lot of people do that. Then you don't have to run death fluid and that cost comes away. All right. One of the other costs is upkeep cost. And then we'll wrap back around the, to, to some things diesels do better than like gas engines or, or gassers. <laughs> the upkeep cost is generally more on a diesel. Most gas engines these days, they don't have fuel filters. They're like lifetime fuel filters in the um, fuel pump. You don't replace the spark plugs until right at 100,000 miles. You don't service the transmission ever or right at 100,000 miles. You don't service anything other than um, air filters, belts, and brakes. It's pretty straightforward. There's really not, not a bad. lot of maintenance on no. them. So the upkeep costs on diesels, you have fuel filters that you generally replace between ten and 15,000 miles. You have air filters that you replace about once a year, so that's about the same. But they usually cost more because they're, they're usually got a lot more material to them. Um, but oil changes are huge on diesels. They hold a lot of oil. And even though you don't change it, but once every 10,000 miles, typically, they hold like double the amount of oil a typical gas motor does. And their oil is generally more expensive. Okay. So I've heard you say expensive on just about everything you've said about a diesel. Yeah. They, they, they're going to cost more. They're going to cost more to upkeep and they're going to cost more to put fuel in them generally. So owning a diesel is generally more expensive, no matter what you do. So you have to like really want one. You have to really want one. But there's a lot of people out there right now listening to that and their head's about to explode because they've got 40 million reasons why owning a diesel is better. So let's look at some of those for just a second, because I said on the negative of, of diesel versus gas. So that's just more upfront cost and upkeep cost and fuel cost. We know the diesel is just going to be higher. There's there's very little that you can do about this. So some of the benefits of a diesel is you get better gas mileage when you're towing. Well, that helps a little bit. It, yeah, yeah, it does. It generally doesn't offset the cost of fuel as we are today in 2019. I'm at, I just paid $2.03 a gallon for 87 octane fuel. Diesel was three dollars. Oh, well, that is a difference. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. So today we're not getting that back, even if you have the higher fuel economy. Diesels will give you a better towing experience, hands down. Nobody's saying that they won't. The only thing that can compete with them now are some of the um, turbo motors that, that that Ford has out. A lot of people say that they really feel like a small diesel motor because they're turbo, 
and all their torque is at very low RPM. So there are some things out there that that kind of feel like it. So then that's a gasser. That's a gasser. That's right. Okay. That's right. EcoBoost. A lot of people love them. Say they kind of feel like a diesel whenever you're towing because they've got that low RPM torque. But a diesel generally tows better. They have a lot of power and torque at low RPMs. So whenever you go up hills and you take off, it doesn't sound like a jet engine taking off trying to get going. Well, I might would like that. Yeah, no doubt. But um, they they generally will tow better. And that that's a plus and that I don't think anybody who who goes to a diesel would ever say that they don't, or if they come back from a diesel, will ever say, yeah, this this gas truck's towing a lot better than my diesel. It's usually it doesn't tow as good as my diesel, but it gets the job done, right? Now, here are some of the things I think gas motors do better versus diesel. 98% of the time, I'm not towing. Oh, no, not at all. And I've been really impressed. I've got a 2016 um, truck, and I usually uh, get between 17 and 18 miles of the gallon. Mm-hmm. We've we've taken it on on trips and on longer trips where you hit the interstate, cruises at 70, I've gotten right over 20 miles of the gallon. And that's that's in a gas truck. That's pretty good. That's that is pretty good. So I think that's a that's a benefit with the lower cost of fuel. I think it's just it's 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 cheaper right up front. It's got plenty of power for what I'm doing day in, day out. Now some of these new um, smaller diesel motors that are coming out in 1500s that honestly haven't even hit the uh, dealership showrooms as of September um, 2019, they're they're saying they get 30 miles of the gallon. That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Now they're not towing. That's just you know just driving. Yeah, normal driving, and that's impressive. Now that that gets me. Like man, I'm not maybe, trading yours no, in. I'm not trading in. I actually love my little, I love my little 1500 truck. So there's there's definitely benefit and trade offs to a gas versus diesel. So you have to decide: Are you all right with the extra cost? Do you tow enough to need that extra cost? Mm-hmm. Do you tow out west or up in the Smoky Mountains? Whenever you get into higher altitudes and up a lot of hills, anything turbo is going to do better. So maybe a diesel is a better option for you because when you get to that high altitude, air is super thin. And those turbos suck that air in and compress it. They're called a compressor. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. On the Mercedes that that kind of drive by, if it says compressor on the back, it means it's a turbo. Well, faints. Those Germans. I know, they're just smart. But um, that definitely gives you um, more, you know, more power in high altitude. They they can just handle it better to where my engine, there's nothing pushing the air in. It's just the cylinders going up down, sucking the air and like fuel in. It's so called, your, your truck would have a hard time in Arizona? Up, yeah, up yeah up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely would. And those are called naturally aspirated, which means there's nothing in front of it forcing air into it. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. So that is definitely a benefit of a diesel truck. Um, back to the fuel benefits, I, I just keep going back to lower operating cost, lower fuel cost, um, and cheaper upfront purchase price. Because even if you were better fuel economy and the fuel was, was, was cheaper, if the original cost of your truck was six to $9,000 more, um. That's I can buy a lot of eighty-seven octane gas for six thousand dollars, like years worth. So you don't really get that cost back. So 
right up front, you have to decide, is a is a gas motor going to fit your needs? Because you're not towing a ton. You're not towing in high altitudes or up a lot of hills. And chances are a gas engine is probably going to be better for you in the long run. The other benefit, um, the worst thing that can go wrong with, with a, a gas engine is your engine or transmission going out. I've, either one of those, like major failures, you're only, I say you're only, you're looking at between four and $8,000. That's a lot. That's a lot of dollars. But that's a massive failure. Like the whole thing's gone, right? A, a diesel, um, they, they a lot of the time have failures a little over 100,000 miles to 200,000 miles with the fuel injectors, the fuel injector pump. Each one of those repairs are thousands upon thousands of dollars. It's like nothing you do on a diesel is cheap, right? Well, yeah. So you're saying that expensive word again. Expensive. They they are expensive. But a lot of people who upkeep diesels well will get three hundred to 500,000 miles out of them easy. Oh, that's crazy. It is crazy. So it's kind of a long-term game, right? So I, I know I've kind of beat this to like death, but it's really, you have to decide, is the upfront cost of a diesel going to be worth it in the long run if you're looking at it monetarily? Um, if you trade a truck every three years, what do you care if a diesel gets 300,000 miles out of it, right? You may be able to buy a, a gas burner and it'd be cheaper operating cost for you. A gasser. A gasser. And and do better for you. All right. We've, we've beat that up. We'll probably roll back around to the gas versus diesel. The next topic that you're going to have to decide is do you need a 1500 truck or a three quarters truck? Or a one-ton truck. Do they weigh the same? No, they weigh much differently. So I own a fifteen hundred, which is which is a half ton. They have three quarter tons trucks, and then they have one ton trucks. That's not the same math. No, don't. Yeah, they they got named years ago for what their <laughs> what their payload is, and so that's what their name. So okay. fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred, thirty five hundred. Gotcha. Um, F one fifty, F two fifty. F-350, and then they go 450, 550, but we're just looking in the bottom three. Gotcha. And then you go single rear wheel versus dually. That just means they can, you know, they can just tow more, basically. So when I first started looking for a truck, um, we had this this camper because we did have an SUV, and I'm going to chat about that here in a minute. But whenever I first started looking for a truck, I, I really was leaning toward a 2500. I remember that. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of benefits with going with more truck than you need. Um, you get more towing capacity and you get more payload. The payload is the big one there. That's, that's the, that's the number most people go over. And honestly, whenever we're towing with four people and stuff in my bed, we're right at our maximum payload. Cause I've, I've waited, I've gone across cat scales. I know what our tongue weight is. Do we need to eliminate children? Yeah, yeah. We, we need to. <laughs> we need to tell them, hey guys, you got to get out. So l- let's just talk about a couple numbers really quickly that I, that I think you need to know whenever you go shopping for a truck. And here are some of the like terms that you'll hear that typically camper salespeople don't want you to know because they, <laughs> they just want to sell you a camper. It doesn't matter if you can tow yeah, it or not. Like, oh, that's half ton towable. It's like, yeah, you don't really know what the numbers are. Um, gross vehicle weight rating, GVWR. All these are stickers in the door of the truck. 
you can find it. And um, several manufacturers, I know, I know Ram has a website that you can go and put in a VIN and it'll pull up all of those numbers for you. I actually did that before I bought my truck. So I knew what axle ratio was in it. I knew what its towing capacity was. I knew what its gross vehicle weight was. And I knew what its payload was. Oh, that's right. Because you looked it up on the dealership's website yep. and then put in that VIN number in that website. Before we went to look at it. That's true. That's why I, we went to go look yeah, at I it. Yeah, I think I knew more about this truck than the salesman did. Oh, 100%, 100%. you did. Absolutely. So gross vehicle weight rating is the maximum that your truck can weigh with everything in it, passengers, full tank of gas. Um, if you have a, a trailer hooked to it, that, that tongue weight goes into this gross vehicle weight rating. If you throw firewood in the back, if you throw another dog in the back, all this adds up. And one of the things that'll, that'll kind of throw you off here is manufacturers show you what the base weight rating is. And they're super proud of that. They're like, oh, your base weight of this truck is only this. But my truck has got 20-inch rims versus 17, so they're heavier. It's got it's got factory step bars. That's another 90 pounds. It's got this. It's got that. It's got a tonneau cover. All that keeps adding up. And it all it, adds to the weight. It all adds to the weight, and that, that starts chomping away towards your gross vehicle weight rating. So know what your gross vehicle weight rating is, right? All right, that's the number that you need to like know. All responsible truck owners need to know that number. Yes, and when you're shopping. The next number is gross combined weight rating. Now, this is what your truck weighs with everything in it, full tank of gas, kids, dogs, your tongue weight on it, and how much your trailer weighs. Oh, so that's like everything. That's like everything. And that's how they get your like maximum um, tow rating for the vehicle. It is your uh, gross combined weight rating minus what your vehicle weight is. So if you take all that away, you can tow a 10,000 pound trailer, right? So look at both those numbers and that'll give you a good idea of, of what your tow rating is for that truck if you can't find it on any manufacturer form. You can get all these numbers on the inside of the door sticker, like I said. Oh, that's good to know. That is good to know. The The other one that I just want to talk about, this is on your trailer or on your fifth wheel, it's called tongue weight or pin weight. It's just where the trailer hooks to the truck. If it's a fifth wheel, it's called pin weight. And they move that in the bed, which is directly over the axle, which is why you can usually tow more with a fifth wheel. That's why their pin weight's heavier. If you have a bumper puller, like you know, like ours, which is a standard travel trailer, um, you typically don't have as high tongue weight as you do pin weight because it's way out behind the axle. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a cantilever pulling on your like frame. So you can definitely have more uh, pin weight on a fifth wheel than you can on a normal tongue weight. Where this tongue weight feeds into is this other number that generally you're going to blow over way before you do your your tow rating. Because with my truck, they say I can tow 10,200 pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. This trailer dry only weighs 5,300. So then we can add like 4,000 more pounds? Yeah, but we but we blow over this this payload capacity first. So let's talk about payload capacity. Payload capacity is how much your truck weighs right? With a full tank of gas, with, with the side steps on it, with the tonneau cover, with your air horns that you put up top, <laughs> whatever you add on to it, it is that weight 
um, minus your gross vehicle weight rating. You can't go over, you're not supposed to go over your gross vehicle weight rating. So let's just say we have a truck that shouldn't weigh over 7,500 pounds, right? Totally loaded with kids and everything in it. You pull it on a cat scale with just a truck, and you're 7,000 pounds. Your, your payload now should not exceed 500 pounds. So that means that we shouldn't tow more than 500 pounds? You shouldn't tow something with more than 500 pounds of tongue weight. Gotcha. Right? Okay. So that's that's why that goes over so much quicker is because the more stuff that you put in your truck, you start getting closer to your maximum vehicle weight rating. Mm-hmm. And everything that you put in your truck is considered payload. It's not just what goes in the bed. It's everything gotcha. from that 20-ounce Coke you got up front to luggage to the every, big cooler in the back. The big cooler. All of that goes into it. So one of one of my recommendations is whether you have a truck now or you have a camper, um, I've actually weighed my truck several times with um, a, a full tank of gas and usually two passengers in it. And then I pretty much know like, if one more person gets in it, that's going to be another X amount of pounds. If two people, it's it's that. So I I know right now my truck generally weighs about six thousand pounds with uh, two passengers in it, right? Okay. And my gross uh, vehicle weight rating is just shy of uh, seven thousand pounds. So I'm at almost sixty one hundred pounds without a you know without the trailer attached to it, right? Or with four people in it. So right right then, I'm like eating into it. So whenever you're looking for either a truck and or a camper, and we'll kind of wrap this up with which should you buy first, definitely go to this um, cargo payload capacity, right? Th- this is a number that, that you want to just know. So whenever your, your camper salesman starts talking about your overall weight of your vehicle, and generally, you want your tongue weight to be ten to fifteen percent of your uh, trailer weight for you know for it to tow well. So just take fifteen percent of your trailer that you know that you're looking at, and you're going to have that maximum tongue weight. So mm-hmm. add add that back in, and then then you know if you're safe within your uh, payload rating. Right, and the salesman's never going to consider you actually putting things in your camper. Or maybe, I I don't want to say never will consider. A lot of times they will not consider the things that you're going to put in your camper that needs to go into that number as well, right? Yeah, they just want to talk about um, your your towing capacity. Right. Because, oh man, your your truck, Ram says it'll tow 10,500 pounds. That's all cool, but whenever my truck's loaded, I can't have a tongue weight more than seven to 800 pounds. Yeah, so it can easily get overloaded if you're not looking at those numbers. Correct. So just be cautious. Go online. There is tons of information like this. I know this is uh, clear as muddy water. <laughs> and this is just the Cliff Notes version, This too. is the Cliff Notes version, but this is stuff you need to be aware of. There's even some really good um, spreadsheets out there that people have put out. Um, Keep Your Daydream. Oh, yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. He's got an Excel spreadsheet where you basically plug numbers in. Oh, that's fantastic. It is It is really good. It's simple to do if you want to do it yourself, but he has got a um, spreadsheet. I'll see if I can't find that and throw that in the um, show notes so y'all can link directly to it. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
Um, all right, so we're gonna branch off from that for just a second. Let our let our brains cool off from all that melting, right? All right, brand loyalty. When you're thinking about buying a truck, dun, dun, dun. I'm gonna rank this in order of best selling trucks in 2019. Ford, Ram, GM. I think it's Toyota and then Honda. But let's just be honest with ourselves. If you own a Honda truck, that's cool. That's cool. It's basically like the El Camino of Honda, though. <laughs> it's, it's a car chassis. We're so sorry for offending yeah, and some of our audience I don't members. even think you can use weight distribution with them because it isn't a full full frame. So no, you're towing a pop-up with that. Yeah, you are towing a pop-up. So I'm just going to throw that out. But um, here's what I think about brand loyalty. I was a GM technician for almost 20 years. And you were very loyal to your brand. Very loyal. I was I was factory trained. I even went to college to like do this stuff. Believe it or not, I had to take a psychology class and a physics class. <laughs> That's right, to be a to GM To get a mechanic. degree to be a mechanic. I know that's awesome. crazy. But um, I was very loyal to GM because I knew the brand. And they've got excellent trucks out there. They they finally figured the whole diesel thing out in the early 2000s when they quit trying to make their own diesel and let Azuzu build it for them. That's the Duramax. Great engine. Um, Allison transmission with it. Great transmission. Ford um, is another great truck. They had some problems in the 2000s. I can't remember which diesel it was. It was a six-something diesel, 6.0 or whatever, that everybody gets bulletproof. So Google those, either stay away from them or just plan on having it bulletproofed if you buy it. Most of their 6.7 power strokes now, people love them. They absolutely love them. And um, all their um, gas motors are actually very good now. GM's gas motors, their uh, 6.0 liter, has been around forever and it definitely doesn't impress you like it's massive power, but it's very reliable. But I was very loyal to the GM brand, um, and we bought a Tahoe. I've owned several smaller trucks, several GM cars, and I really never saw myself um, moving away from the GM line. But whenever I started looking for a truck... And you did all of your research. Oh, I did a lot of research. Um some things struck me, and and I actually um, went and test drove a 1500 Ram that I swore I would never own because Dodges in the 90s before they dropped the Dodge name and Fiat bought them whenever, they were garbage. I mean, they'd fall apart. The, the, the suspension was horrible with them. But Brandy and I went and drove. Um, they they were the only ones a couple years ago that, that had a diesel in the 1500 truck. And I was hellbent on getting a diesel <laughs> 1500. I was in love with the yes, idea. Yes, you are. So I went and drove one, and we loved it. Mm -hmm. the, the way it rode, they don't have um, leaf springs on the back. They have coal springs up to you get into their 3500s. I still think they even have coal springs. But um, they just ride really, really well. Um, I really love the the diesel, but up until then, they had had some very inconsistent issues with them, and a lot of them had to do with catastrophic engine failures. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, I'm not in the buying something that I'm already paying more for that has a a reputation of having catastrophic engine failures. Mm -hmm. Do your so, research. <clears throat> do your research. So that's when I decided I'm definitely going gas, but I but I stuck with the Ram. And I, and I test drove several more, 
And for for me, it just made sense. So I say all that to to say, if you've only ever owned GMs, go drive a Ford. Yes, absolutely. Talk to Ford owners. Talk to a Ram owner. Go drive a Ram. Don't just blindly buy something because you're, you're loyal to the brand. Right. Just shake that off I and mean, just go find what's best for you. Absolutely. I mean, how mad were the Dale Earnhardt Jr. fans <laughs> when he changed numbers and all their <laughs> tattoos were wrong? So sad. He went from, what, 8 to 88? Yes. So you just add an 8. Yeah, it's fine. But, I mean, come on. Let's not be loyal to something just to be loyal to it. Let's no. have a little research behind it. No, I think I remember every time that you test drove a Ram, you just were shaking your head and you could not believe how much you enjoyed driving it, how comfortable it was. And I mean, that's what's sitting in our basement right now. Yeah, they, they were just, they were so far ahead of the um, interior and the um, infotainment for the year model that I was looking mm-hmm. at. It it honestly floored me because they were very far behind. And that's why in 2019 now, they have bumped GM for the second yeah, best-selling which truck. which is insane yeah. to me. Ford still has that that uh, top spot, the, F, the F-150. I mean, it everybody loves it. And it is it is an it's amazing truck, It's a solid truck. truck. Too. Yeah, it's great. One of, um, one of my buddies actually bought one. Uh, he bought a Platinum. Yes. And his seats are um, heated, they're cooled, and they have massagers, not vibrators, massagers. In it. Man, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I, I nickname his passenger seat Veronica. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 pretty sick. Yeah, it's awesome. But don't let loyalty stand in way of 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 looking at other options that may work better for you. Next topic: new versus used. Hey, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I know. Well, Dave, Dave Ramsey would actually say, "Don't buy any of the new bay cash for." <laughs> but anyway, and that's that's not a bad idea. Maybe you can do it. Um. This is a really tricky question because when I worked at a dealership, we would get um, employee pricing. So we we basically bought any brand new vehicle. There was zero haggling at invoice minus holdback. So when you're at a dealership and they tell you they're selling it to you at at invoice, they're not losing money. People, no. the doors would you know would be closed. They yes. have this thing called holdback that um, depending on how long it's been on the the lot, that's the few thousand dollars there depending on what the markup is that they're paying in um um, interest to you know have that car sitting there so i could actually buy them at invoice minus holdback so it was the true value of what my dealership paid for them i think they put like a like a 250 dollar pack on it basically just to Mm -hmm. help them offset transport costs cleaning it up and putting gas in it so and we typically keep our cars a pretty long time. Oh, yeah, we do. But we've we've had a lot of cars, but the ones that we've either bought new or fairly new, we've kept five to eight years. Yes. And we had a minivan we kept 12 years. So this is a real tricky question. Um, so there are there are a couple things that I, that I do think that you need to think about when you're trying to debate new versus used. A good reason to buy new you have a lot of warranty left. Oh, yeah. And if you're towing, that's definitely helpful. Definitely. And especially if you decide to buy diesel. Typically, all the diesels out there, they have uh, uh, like five or six year, 100,000 mile diesel powertrain warranties. That's great. So if you buy it new, you get that entire length of time and or mileage, whichever one you hit first. If you buy if you buy diesel used, you obviously only have the remaining of that left. And most of the extended warranties for, for diesels are not great. 
But if the almighty dollar is your friend, you're never going to come out ahead buying a brand new one. You're just you're just not. Yeah. So I've 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 kind of studied this. I've watched a ton of videos on it. Um, there is this kind of crossing point of where um, if you get to about almost three years old in between thirty and forty thousand miles, that's kind of a sweet spot for buying a used vehicle because a lot of the depreciation has already happened. Uh, most of the manufacturers now have a five or six year sixty thousand mile powertrain warranty. So you even if you buy them used with 30,000 and three years old, you still have a couple more years of powertrain if something goes goes wrong. It gives you a little bit of protection there, right? And whenever you buy them within that range too, a lot of times you can usually get an extended warranty if you choose to do that a little bit cheaper. There, there is an age and a mile restriction whenever you buy extended warranties where they just won't, they either won't sell you one because you're too high of uh, mileage and it just doesn't make sense, or they, they cost a lot more for a lot less coverage, right? So that is one reason to, to buy used is it's, it's generally going to come out cheaper. Um, extended warranties. I think they're, they're usually a better deal if you have a gas engine because diesels already have a warranty up to 100,000 miles. Yeah, that's pretty great, though. Yeah, and when I was looking into buying a 1500 diesel, um, a lot of the a lot of the extended warranties didn't didn't even cover diesels past 100. So they may give you another 20 or 30 thousand, but they wouldn't go well, you know, way above Yeah, so that. that's something you're considering. You definitely need to do your research again and just see if that's something that would apply to what you've purchased. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we talked about extended warranties. Let's just go ahead and go there. Um, are extended warranties a good deal? Maybe. Gener- yeah, maybe. <laughs> generally, um, I generally say no. I don't buy extended warranties for anything most of the time. But. And, yeah. And it generally blows people mind. We actually bought brand new a car recently. A used car is about three years old, about 38,000 miles. I know, right I just that hit that sweet spot. spot. <laughs> and they were trying to sell me gap insurance and extended warranty. And I'm like, why am I paying gap insurance for a used car? The depreciations happen. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a little, you know, a little extra dough. But um, I actually did buy an extended warranty for my truck. And let me, let me tell you where I think some of this is. First off is if you can't work on your own vehicle at all, I think an extended warranty may be good for you because something is going to like break. But there are so many tiers of different warranties only by the one that you feel comfortable with. Um, and that's going to go back to if you have a little bit of savings put back that can cover several thousand dollars, you probably don't need to buy an extended warranty because mm-hmm. the chances of a gas motor having something that's going to cost over three or four thousand dollars is generally very rare until you get very high mileage. Um, so you may be better off just putting that in your pocket and keeping it for repairs. Um, all right, I did buy an extended warranty. You've never bought an extended warranty on anything before. I never have. And let me tell you why I did. And unfortunately, it is no longer available. So after I bought my truck, it was about three years old. It was 
And that sweet spot? Yeah, it was way sweet, though, because it only had 15,800 miles when I bought it. Right. I don't know what they did with it. There, there was a lot of there was a lot of idle time on it per the little engine counter, but it was it was in great shape. The body was taken to the grocery store on oh, Sundays. Man. I don't know what they did. But it, <laughs> it was in great shape, but I actually had some of my warranty left, and I started researching the the factory warranties. I'm a big go with the factory warranty. Yeah, not a not a third party vendor. Yeah, because if you own a GM. And you buy a GM warranty and you break down. Typically, they they cover towing to the closest GM dealership. And every GM dealership is under contract to fix your truck. It isn't like a camper where it, they don't have mm-hmm. this nationwide thing. So if, if if you own a Volkswagen, I'd look at a Volkswagen warranty over some kind of, you know, some but if kind you of you own a Volkswagen, you're not towing a camper. Probably not. Well, <laughs> I've seen it, but it, but it is true. smaller ones. But um, the reason why I did is at the time I found Mopar had lifetime warranties. That's crazy. It is crazy. So I was like, this is way too good to be true. Like they've got to have something. So I ended up actually over a period of several months, I called the uh, 1-800-MOPAR line because I wanted to get about four different people because typically if... If they're if they're not telling you the truth or they don't really know, by the time you talk to four different people, you get different stories. Somebody's gonna slip up. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I bought it was their mid tier warranty. So it covers powertrain, brakes, air conditioner, um, nav unit, steering components. It doesn't cover like trim, like window motors, yeah. junk like that. You know, wiper motors, but that's all stuff I can fix. But all the major stuff. It covers, and it is a lifetime warranty. Like lifetime? $200 deductible. You bring it in there, lifetime warranty. Wow. Here's the catch. There are two catches to it. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Now you're going to be bored with it. But there are two catches to it. One of them is it is non-transferable. So if I sell this truck next year, the warranty doesn't go with it. Gotcha. They're banking on you not keeping this truck. Of course, they haven't yeah. met Scott Waldrop yet. <laughs> oh, no, they don't know. <laughs> I will keep this thing till the wheels fall off of it. But um, the other thing is, the the only other catch, I finally got a guy on the phone that, that was very versed in it. Like, he, he knew his stuff. And I'm like, all right, so this is a lifetime warranty. What if the repair cost exceeds the value of the vehicle? He said, that's when it's over. I said, all right, talk to me. You sound like you know what you're talking about. He said, this is not a um, cumulative thing. It's per instance. So let's say that the truck is 18 or 19 years old. That 20 years old for a truck and to still be under a factory warranty is forever. He said, and you come in with a transmission that's blown out. It's going to be $8,500 to actually fix it, right? I said, yes. He said, the truck is only worth $7,500. We will not fix it. We pay you. What the what the value of the truck is? Oh, okay. If okay. you want to give your truck up, right? So I'm like, hmm, this is interesting because values of trucks stay pretty high for mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten years even. So there is nothing that can go wrong on that truck that would drop the value of it in the next ten to twelve years. So even though they say lifetime on the actual paperwork, it's twenty uh, twenty ninety eight. And the mileage is nine hundred ninety nine thousand miles. Gotcha. But we all know once the once the repair exceeds the value of of the truck. But 
in like layman's terms, for the next 10 to 12 years, chances are if anything goes wrong with that truck major, it's covered. So I chose to buy it because of that specific reason. Mm-hmm. So it that is a little different. They discontinued those warranties this January or February, <laughs> probably because they figured out they're like, whoa, 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 we're losing money on this. Scott Waldrop bought it. If we yeah. got if we got the guy who never buys the warranties buy it, we've then... done something bad. <laughs> so, but but there are a lot of other warranties that you can buy, and I'm just going to wrap this up with. If, if it makes you feel more comfortable and you don't have cash on hand, mm-hmm. it may be worth buying an extended warranty. Well, yeah. I mean, and depending on your towing, what you're going to be doing, what kind of travel you're going to be doing, um, like that needs to be in consideration as well. And if you keep your car for a yeah, long period of time. Yeah, yeah. If you buy a, a 75,000 mile extended warranty that doesn't give you your money back if you don't mm-hmm. use it and you trade cars at every 50 why, right. Yeah, yeah why that doesn't would make you sense. Do that? So definitely stick your numbers in, look at it, and um, ask people's opinions too. And here's the big question What comes first, the truck or the trailer? I've heard this before. If you already own your truck, this is a moot point. Right. This is a total moot point. Um, if you're looking to buy a camper and you, and you own a truck, if you've never owned a camper, you may want to look at getting something that you think that y'all are really going to use for the next three to four years. Like it's like it's big enough that you don't, you know, that you don't want to upgrade, but something that your current truck can tow because why would you go buy a new truck and a new camper? Yeah. And then you don't like camping or you can't camp as much as you want. Then you got to sell both of them. Right. What that, a Yeah, headache. yeah, yeah. That's not cool. So let's just back up and say you don't own a truck yet, right? I would go find my camper first. Well, I guess we kind of did. We, yeah, we actually did did do that. We, um, we, um, we found our first camper, or we were shopping within a certain weight limit that that I knew what the dry weight of the camper was and the and the loaded weight because you were educated. You were educated. I I knew about the tongue weight on it, and um, we actually bought a um, Tahoe to tow our first camper with. Yay. Brandy hated the Tahoe. Y'all, I'm a short girl, and the Tahoe was just big, and that was my daily driver, and I didn't love it. Yeah. So um, we ended up buying my buying my truck after we bought our second camper, because we used to tow this with, yes. with the Tahoe, too. Which is crazy to it, think. It is kind of crazy. But if you don't own either, I would definitely go shopping and know what trailers that you want to tow. And then go truck shopping because then you have really educated numbers that even if the salesman don't want to talk about, you can come home on the websites and figure out the uh, combined gross vehicle weight, the gross vehicle weight, the payload weight. Now, be realistic about this and know your budget because, I mean, you could be a hundred grand in camper and vehicle and that's. That's crazy for some people. Oh, a brand new truck could smoke fifty to seventy thousand. Yeah, totally. Quick. So, so just be real realistic about that too when you're going shopping, like looking at all of this, saying, okay, can we get by with this, or is this okay, or or is this a reasonable number for us to be able to take care of and tow with whatever vehicle we were able to purchase? Yep. And like I always say, I'm not telling you how to spend your money. If you don't have to worry about it, 
Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Go get what you know what you love. Um, one other word of advice: I, I don't think salespeople are lying to you. I don't think most of them are purposely lying. I think most oh, no. of them are uneducated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially they are. at large chain dealers, because those those salespeople churn. They come through there in and out, in and out. Um, so you need to understand um, all these weight ratings first. And even though it sounds complicated, spend several weeks just spend 15 minutes not Googling and reading about it. You'll be so much more educated in two weeks mm -hmm. than you did before you started doing that. It makes you more confident when you're ready to purchase. Absolutely. And we've already kind of mentioned whenever I went to look at my truck for the first time and Ram had the website where I could plug in VINs and it gave the entire option code. I, I knew the engine, the transmission, <laughs> the the uh, axle ratio. I knew the weights. I knew, I, you know, I, you know, I knew everything. But this salesman, whenever we went to look at it, he said, oh, somebody else is driving that now. Do you want to drive this gray one? It's the same truck. I've already plugged all the VINs in. You knew I, it wasn't the I same said, truck. it's not the same truck. It's got a different axle ratio, which means it's lower towing capacity, yada, yada, yada. And he just stared at me like, I don't understand Dude what this guy was said. clueless. Yeah. But anyway, so educate yourself about what you need need to uh, buy. And also, anytime that you're looking at weights on trailers, always assume the max um, weight rating for that trailer. Just assume you're going to pack it out with as much junk as you're going to put in it. And that way, if you don't, you always have you a little bit of margin in there, right? And even me, as, as I've kind of been very particular about this, I'm at the top limit of our payload now. But it tows well. Oh, it, absolutely. It's a great ride. We're comfortable. I, I never feel like that, um, that we're in danger is that even the right thing to say yeah and and just to throw one other thing one of the reasons why we went from an suv to a pickup most suvs are shorter wheelbase the longer wheelbase that you go it, it just tows better because it's it puts oh, your it's front wheels night and day it's difference. night and day difference um because when you have a long camper back there it is like the tail wagging the dog mm -hmm. so the longer truck that you can get they generally tow straighter and that's why dooley's tow so much better is because they have more surface area grabbing the ground right yeah that totally makes sense yeah um so just just to kind of wrap this up this is why i decided to go with a 1500 over a 2500 as much as I still would love to have a 2500. I cannot tell you how many times he has driven by the Ram dealership oh, and looked at all of the 2500s. They're beautiful. And he just oohs and ahs. And one thing too, I'm five, six on a good day. So I have to like throw a ladder down out of a 2500 <laughs> to climb in it. So maybe it wasn't the best choice. But the reason why I decided to go with a 1500 was number one, this is going to be my daily driver. Mm-hmm. And 25 and 3500s ride a lot rougher than 1500s. Now, some people will say not that much rougher. It's a good bit rougher because they even use different kind of tires. Mm -hmm. They put LT tires on those that are stiffer, and it just makes the actual ride not quite as luxurious. Um, I only tow a small percent of the time, maybe 5% mm -hmm. of my year that I'm actually towing. So having that 2500 would have given us more margin, but the 1500 gets the job done, and it gets the job done um, safely. If, if we traveled more and if we towed very long distances You'd and get towed that out west, I would have 100% gone with the 2,500. Yes. I would have wanted the extra margin and I would have wanted um, the either probably the actual diesel too because if you tow a lot out west where you're getting in very you know very tall mountains, mm -hmm. the air's thin, that, that diesel really does help. Um, fuel mileage when not towing. 
like I said, I can get 20 miles a gallon, actually average 17 to 18. Um, it's not bad for a 6,000 pound vehicle with no. a V8 in it. It's really great. So that, that one worked out really good. The initial cost of diesels and the higher fuel, even with the better fuel economy for what I do, just did not make sense. It did not make monetary sense. Whenever I did the numbers, I was never going to save that money back. Another reason why I went with the 1500 gas motor. And the very last one, which I didn't know whenever I bought it, but I ended up with a lifetime powertrain warranty. Uh, pretty much lifetime. <laughs> right. I mean, this thing's going to be, you know, 10 to 15 years old and still have some kind of warranty on it. You know, that is rare, but um, that was a benefit of it. So there's you top to bottom some of my ideas of um, trucks, kind of things you need to think about, um, things you need to go Google more and dig into. Um, and I hope it just makes you a little more educated. So whenever you do have to go talk to car salesmen or camper salesmen, you feel educated and you know when they don't know what they're talking about. Right. You're not being sold something. Yeah, absolutely. You're just, you're just confident whenever you go in that whenever you drive out or tow out that you've bought what you wanted, you feel safe for your family. And it's, and it's something that you can be proud of because you made a good decision. All right. Thank you guys for listening to episode 15, uh, picking a truck or a camper, whichever one you had to do first. <laughs> um, this one set a, a record for us. This is probably going to be our longest podcast and I could probably go another hour or two talking about too cars much info. It's something I really, really Y'all just come sit around the campfire with us. We'll talk about really, it. Really, if you guys want to chat more about it, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I don't know everything, but I love to figure thing, you know, things out. So if you want to have an open dialogue about it or either have any kind of questions, let us know and maybe we can help you out. Hey guys, and don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram. You can like us on Facebook, follow our page there and just join discussions that we have and just share your journeys with us. That's right. And in the show notes or on our website, click on our kit page and look at some of the things we use while we're camping. Um, click on those those links. They don't cost you anything extra. And uh, you'll see what we enjoy using while we're camping. And we're encouraging you to start cramming memories into everyday life. <laughs>